1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm here as always with David Ramil. And in a game that had a playoff-like atmosphere, Deion Waiters comes up big again as the Heat beat
1: the Hornets 108-101.
0: They've won 20 of their last 24. David, this team
1: is rolling. They are, and I, I'm ready to proclaim Dwayne Wade the greatest player in NBA history.
0: Dwayne Wade or Deion Waiters? What did I say? You said Dwayne Wade, but I understand why you would make, I understand why you would make that mistake, though.
1: I, I'm I'm making a rookie mistake of trying to read my uh, my Twitter feed at the same time as I'm podcasting, and it's all the comparisons between Wade and Waiters. That is a mistake. Oh man, I, I I almost want to like throw my headphones to the floor and just start over, but I guess we can't do that.
0: No, because I love that you make that compare that that mistake slash comparison because he was walking around that court tonight like he was Dwayne Wade, like he had been here for 13 years. And had the county unofficially renamed after him. Like he has put, he has ownership over that arena right now, over that team, over the the fans. Like it's, he is walking with so much confidence and shooting with so much confidence. Quite clearly, I love the comparison.
1: It was just so incredible. Like the 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 crowd was a little listless at first, not because I, I don't think there was uh, underpopulated the arena, but it, it just seemed. Like, they just weren't into it. You know, it was a game of runs, as we've mentioned. Uh, yeah, you know, it sounds cliche, but it, it was really that, uh, you know, Charlotte started off well, then Miami came back, then they evened it up, et cetera, et cetera. They went back and forth almost all game, just, you know, going on double-digit runs both teams at each time, and then finally Miami was just able to pull ahead. But as the momentum kind of crescendoed there towards the end and waiters would just hit big shot after big shot, the the roars from the crowd in appreciation of their new adopted son, it was really, really impressive.
0: Dion Waiters came in with 4 minutes and 28 seconds left. The score was 91-96. to 96. The Heat were up. And it was still a close game. I mean, it felt like anybody's game at the time. Waiters comes in, and he makes three three-pointers in those final minutes to basically clinch the win. I mean, look, we we've seen with the Warriors, how Curry hitting threes can just take the oxygen and the energy out of an opponent, right? It's so demoralizing. Right. And that's really the feeling that we got when Waiters was hitting those threes. I mean, he comes in, and he had that one where, you know, he's just above the left elbow, and he's, I who was it, Batum guarding him? And yeah, Batum. And, and he's elbowing his way for space, and he jumps up and chucks this three that he had no business taking, and it just goes in. And as soon as that goes in, you know that the Heat are probably winning this game because at that point Charlotte is, they're demoralized. How do you do? How can you keep the wind in your sails, so to speak, when Waiters is doing that? When he's just hitting those kind of shots, it yeah. was crazy.
1: It really was. And Batum, I mean, at six foot eight, long limbed, mm. known for his versatile wing defense. I mean, he was he was draped all over Dion, and it didn't matter. Dion just got just enough space on that step back. Uh, and, and the, the confidence, because it didn't seem like any of those shots, at least from my perspective, was going to fall. It just seemed mm-hmm. so unlikely. And he hit – I think he hit all three of them from the same spot, Didn't he like, just above that really left close. elbow? It yeah, yeah, be- yeah. They were all like right in that same area. The last one with 45 seconds left in the game to put Miami up by seven. Uh, and from that point forward it was just uh, you know hitting on free throws basically and that was the final deficit there for the, the hornets 108 101 was the final score uh just super impressive I mean what can you say you know it it was it, you could see Spolstra when he brought Dion back in at mm-hmm. the 428 mark as you mentioned you know kind of calling Dion like look we need you we need you like even though Miami had just gone on what did we figure it out it was a 15 to three run that that right was led by James Johnson, really. But even still, despite the run, and then all of a sudden Nick Batum hits a two um, to put it 91-96. And, and you can see Spolstra's urgency saying, look, I need my closer out yeah. there. Pa- James
0: Johnson had to pass the baton to Waiters, and that's exactly what happened, and Waiters just kept it, kept that rolling. And I love that you pointed out that Spolstra thing. Because Spolstra visibly kind of pumping Waiters up as Waiters was coming in at, the, at, at that four and a half minute mark. Yeah. And, and, and for Spolster to show that confidence in Dion, you know what I mean? Like you're my closer, go out there. Like Mariano Rivera, this right now, (laughs) like, and, and you could like waiters is just like, this is my moment. This is my team. And he embraced it. And he rose to the occasion. And that's like, that's the stuff that waiters basically ever since his rookie past his rookie year, and even his rookie year, he was on a garbage Cleveland team, so he didn't really get a chance to win a whole lot of games. But he's never had this opportunity. Even at Syracuse, when he was in college, he was a six-man. He came off the bench for Syracuse. Like, I don't know that... Like, And Waiters has always clearly had this confidence in himself, so for him to be the Mariano Rivera of the Heat, essentially, tonight, that's got to just be, like, everything he's wanted, right?
1: Remember we talked at the start of the year... That the one of the biggest glaring weaknesses now that Dwayne Wade was no longer on the team was who was going to be this team's closer, and it's taken you know fifty some odd games for us to finally figure it out. But clearly, it's, it's on Waiters, and 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 for Spoelstra to acknowledge, like again, it was you know there Miami was holding a five point lead. There was no need to feel that sense of urgency at least on the surface. But but clearly, Spoelstra said, you know, I need somebody. Willing to take that shot because they had a, a high-intensity defensive unit in for Charlotte, and, and I guess he figured he needs somebody who could break that defense down, get whatever shot he wants. And there's no better playmaker really on this team than than Deion Waiters.
0: I mean, his, the way he can create his own shot. I mean, he can. I mean, he gets to yeah. the rim at will. He was able right. to create his own shot. I, I, you know, it wasn't a quality look, but that that one that we talked about again in Batum's face, he got the shot off and he made it. So. Whatever that counts for, um, look, I, I, he is Dios Waiters to me. As if the Heat are if the Heat are wearing these L Heat jerseys for, I don't know if it goes for the rest of the month. I'm not sure, but it's Dios Waiters for for the rest of the month as long as the L Heat jerseys are being worn. Um, and,
1: you know, he also had five assists too. So it's yeah. not like he was just taking shots. He made some really nice passes, really getting everybody engaged. And and you know when when the defense collapsed. Uh, As he was attacking the rim, he was making the smart pass to shooters on the wing. And, and, you know, that was just, he's engaged. He's just playing the best version of of basketball that he possibly has ever played. And uh, it's it's, it's great to see him be part of it. 24
0: points in 27 minutes. He didn't play a whole lot. He only played 27 minutes, 24 points, because he really got off to a slow start. Uh, He did. But finished 8 of 16, so hitting 50% of his field goals, 50% of his threes, 5 of 10. He took 10 threes. I mean. That's a lot. For somebody that kind of started off slow to take 10 three-pointers in a game, you love the confidence. I mean, these are kind of the games, right? That This is what people were bothered about Waiters, is that he would take 10 three-pointers if he's not falling. Like, he would take 10 threes if he missed all 10 threes, right? It wouldn't bother him in the slightest, but he made five of them. And he's got the opportunity here. And and if he wasn't hitting them, chances are Spolster isn't going to him in the last four minutes. He probably goes to Dragic or James Johnson or even Luke Babbitt or somebody, or Tyler Johnson, somebody else. But um, we talked about James Johnson. You mentioned how he kind of started this run, that 15-3 that, uh, to 3 run you mentioned. James Johnson, that middle of the fourth quarter, had as equally as an impressive run as Deion Waiters did at the end of the fourth quarter. And most of the headlines are going to read Deion Waiters. You know, They're going to have Waiters' name in, in the headline only because he was the one that closed out the game. But James right. Johnson's contributions were equally as important. Um, Absolutely, he right in the middle of the fourth quarter, he hit back to back threes. the heat the, the Heat were down by I didn't have it written down, but they were down. And it was the start they were
1: the, f- down five at the start of the fourth. Yes, and then James Johnson was able to knock down two straight four uh, three pointers in order to bring them to close the gap because Bellinelli hit a three pointer between, and all of a sudden Miami was down two. But from that point forward. All of a sudden, Miami seemed engaged. Their defense seemed a little tighter, uh, and Charlotte just couldn't find a capital a way to capitalize. So, I think from that point forward, I don't think Charlotte scored again until that Batum jumper that I hinted at before. Uh, and then
0: James Johnson. I mean, he bookended that fifteen to three run. He started with a three pointer, like you said, and he ended it with that block that at, at at the basket. I mean, it was just an incredible block. It was LeBron James ask. If we're being it honest, was.
1: it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a, the the quite the chase down block that we've seen from, from LeBron in the past, but right. he did have ground to gain. Uh, Cody Zeller looked like he had a wide open layup or dunk at least. And he blocked and, it against
0: the glass, just like LeBron did.
1: did, right? He did. He pinned it. And, you know, at first, you know, Zeller collapsed to the floor. And when he was in a leap and a hump, you know, I thought for sure that he was, uh, uh, you know, getting a foul call or something like that. But no, the refs let it play on. And then the replay showed it was all ball. It was a great, great, great defensive play by James Johnson yeah. in a really close game,
0: and that led to a fast break that ended up with a, t- a Tyler Johnson three pointer, that right. that really wrapped up that run uh, for Miami and took and they took the lead and it was a lead that they they didn't give up because of Dion Waiters and and between Waiters and James Johnson and there's other players that had big games. Goran Dragic had 22 points, yeah, 10 assists. Uh, great game for him. I know that you were impressed with Luke Babbitt.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the the heat broadcast the broadcast crew posted some information there. They mentioned that over the last eight games, Babbitt has connected on sixty eight point three percent of his three point attempts. Um, he hit four of his eight attempts tonight uh, against Charlotte. Uh, finished off with twelve points. That's basically all he scored. But look, we we talked about the the prototypical Babbitt stat line a few weeks ago, that's no longer the case. He's chipping in more consistently. I mean, can I jump a in way. There? because
0: I feel bad yeah. because I used to make fun of Babbitt so much. Yeah, oh, but I the take... Babbitt
1: stat line was so real. It was zero, zero zeros across the board.
0: Yeah. I mean, I take it, I take it all back though. I mean, I don't because with... he really was bad, but he's really figured it out. Like you said, and he's moving off the ball so well now he's, as this team has really figured out how it wants to be offensively, I think ba- Babbitt's figuring that out has coincided with the Heat figuring it out because yeah. he moves so well off the ball. He knows exactly where Waders and Dragic want him when they're driving and kicking. I mean, his his three-pointers are wide open now.
1: Do you have any idea what he's shooting right now from three-point range?
0: Babbitt for the season? Yeah. I can look it up really quick, I'm sure. It's... No, no, I know what it is. Oh,
1: it's, what it's it's is It's 40 40.1%. Isn't that like his career average? Yeah, 40.6 is his career average. Yeah. But I mean, considering the player he was at the start of the season when we were like, wow, what is he doing? Like he's only out there to provide spacing and three-pointers yeah. and he's not doing either of those things. You know, yeah, defenses I mean, it's, were it's collapsing, it's, you know. They, they they could stay they could hedge off of him because he was just right. they could sag off of him rather because he wasn't connecting from outside. So there was no space, nothing at all that he was providing of value. But all of a sudden, it's just over the last half of the season, it seems like it's really turned up, and he's, he's managed and don't to... See him,
0: you don't see him putting the ball on the floor as much. Like he right. Like, as this Heat offense has gotten more fluid, they're they're asking less of Babbitt, because he doesn't have to put the ball on the floor, which we know is a big no-no, essentially, for Babbitt. He He doesn't perform sure. well when he does that. But if he's standing in the corner and he's moving off the ball like he does, and he's just finding wide-open spaces to shoot threes from... That's perfect. It's a lot like what Wayne Ellington is doing. And Miami's got three-point shooters. Like this is this is a good-looking team and now they're a half game back of the 8th seed in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're a half game Chicago. back of the 7th seed, too.
1: I mean, this is uh I don't I don't think that was the case, but um yeah, Chicago <laughs> surprisingly fell apart against the Orlando Magic tonight uh and they're now in the 8th seed. Things are not going well over there, I can tell you that much. You know, having seen them up close today at shoot around, there seems to be some serious discord there. That's not really much of a story considering the things that we've heard about all season long. But, you know, judging from some of the the talk from uh, Chicago-based media, they're not very optimistic about this team's chances of making the playoffs. And I don't think that the players, you know, maybe a few here and there as exceptions, I don't think overall, by and large, they really care about the playoffs.
0: I mean, it's isn't that that's crazy to think about that Chicago, a team that built this team to make the playoffs, right? Right. Versus the Heat, which is basically a group of expiring contracts, right. Plus Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside, uh, the Heat are the one with the uh, is the team with the high morale with the confidence. Look, we said this before, but if it's between the Bulls and it's the Heat. And we could throw the Pistons and the Bucks in there. I mean, the Bucks are doing; are they're playing well? They're confident. They have a lot of motivation to make the playoffs. But I'm taking this Heat roster over any of those today. The, it's looking like a really good chance that Miami makes the playoffs. I mean, you you texted me earlier today, five thirty eight had some sort of stat. It was like a sixty two percent chance that the Heat were going to make the playoffs.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, they, like they, they and Barry Jackson just tweeted out that when the Heat were um, eleven and thirty, they had a
1: 0.03% chance of making the playoffs. That's insane. It is. it is. Well, that's what happens when you win 20 out of your next 24 games, though. So, I mean, things are... Good things are bound to happen, and and that's just... I mean, that's as good a run as any in Heat history, and that was with some historically great teams there during the Big 3 era and everything else. And it's just... I mean, all the pieces are clicking so well. The culture is clearly evidenced there. Everybody's playing... So positively, I mean, this is as much fun, I think, as the the, the 2003-04 mm. team that we talk about all the time. You know, just, and, and it's very similar in, it, in that regard.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what else it reminds me of? What's that? The 2004 Florida Marlins.
1: Oh, well, that team, 2003, where they won the World Series? Sorry, yeah. So...
0: That team after the all star break got on that huge run, and ended up making the wild card. Yeah. And then went and went on to go to the World Series and beat the Yankees. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that the Heat are gonna beat the Yankees, but what I'm saying is right right as this All Star break happened, kinda of right before is when it really started, but back half of the season, this team just goes on this crazy run, all of a sudden they come together, all of a sudden they just figure out how they're gonna want to play. They're playing fast, they're shooting a bunch of threes, that Marlins team. Yeah. They played fast. Juan Pierre leading off. They they were just they were stealing bases. Like I that this is I've been thinking about that Marlins team, and it reminds me so much of this Heat team, just because of how they're just surging going into the playoffs. I mean, everybody says when do you want to be hot? You want to be hot when you're going into the playoffs. In our mailbag earlier this week we talked about are the Heat a top five, top four team in the East? Could they realistically win a series in the first round? I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to start making predictions and stuff. But I'm just saying they're hot right – there's still a couple months left, but they're hot right when you
1: want to be hot. Sure. Yeah, I I mean, I think if you ask, like, the the top teams, I mean, clearly they're confident in their own abilities, but I don't think any team would want to face – a team like Miami that's, yeah. you know, frankly been hotter than any other in the in the league. You know, the the, the things that they've done, is comparable to anything that San Antonio or Golden State has done all season long. And their three-point shooting is, is tops in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been one of the best shooting teams in the league. And uh, those it's, are the kinds of I, things I've that can be that really I've been worried
0: that that's going to be, that's going to go away. I've been worried that that's just going to stop being the case. But they shot 41.5% from three-point range again tonight, which is what they're averaging during this <laughs> run. And look, Luke Babbitt. Is a career forty percent shooter. It's not like he's hot all of a sudden. I mean he is. Like you said, he's shooting like a million percent in these last eight games, but that's gonna that that might re- that probably will regress at some point. But for his average, he's a forty percent three point shooter. Even if that regresses, what did you say it was sixty eight percent over the last eight games? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He can
0: afford to regress twenty-eight percent? That's huge. <laughs> like that's insane, right? Yeah. Waiters is been a good three-point shooter throughout his career his problem is that he didn't get to the rim enough and now he's getting to the rim the he he's he's figured out the heats or the or maybe even rather the heat have figured out waiters and how to use him where that wasn't the case in waiters previous stops dragic has been a good three-point shooter throughout his career i mean he's gotten a lot better But he's also off the ball a little bit more because he's got waiters, and this is—he shot forty percent from three-point range in in that big year he had in Phoenix because Eric Bledsoe was able to control the ball a lot. Like when Dragic is off the ball and in catch-and-shoot situations, he's a good three-point shooter. Wayne Ellington—he's the only reason that guy's in the league right now—is because of his three-point shooting. Even though Zach Lowe pointed out in his uh, Luke Walton All Stars that Wayne Ellington is playing much better defense this year. Yes. It is even at the point of guarding multiple positions, which is huge. And I'm glad he pointed that out. Waiters and James Johnson all made, also made that list for Zach Lowe. He had nothing but great things to say about those guys. So that made me happy. But,
1: I mean, is this. Well, I don't know if l- this l- is. Look at oh, it from gosh, this perspective. I mean, the Heat, you know, they shot 41 three pointers tonight, 17 of 41, as you mentioned, yeah. for 41.5%. The league leading Houston shoot? Rockets. Look, they shot 41 attempts today, and they connected on seven of them. 17 of them. The Houston Rockets average, and they're shooting more three pointer than anybody in NBA history, forty point five per game. Jesus, so that just goes to show you how how this team has changed so much during the course of the season. They're all of a sudden shooting a million three point attempts per game and hitting them at a higher rate than anybody would have expected. You know, it's and it, it's, it's it's balanced too. It's 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 mm-hmm. you know, Babbitt, it's Ellington, it's Waiters, it's Dragic when needed. And tonight, James Johnson connecting on them. Tyler Johnson, you know, he had two of four. Uh, you know, that that's 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 great. It's
0: uh, it's a it's a system that they figured out. It's very much what Spoelstra likes. I mean, yeah. even that Big Three era team was basically built around LeBron and Wade getting to the rim and kicking out to Bosh and Battier and Ray Allen and Mario Chalmers and all those guys. So this is what Spolstra likes to do, and he you know he gets his personnel and adjusts the offense to basically execute and accomplish the same thing which is drive and kick get points at the rim and get points on the three-point line but all right we can gush about the heat all day but uh we gotta wrap this up so um that's all we have for today whether you're listening on itunes google play or stitcher thank you for listening get in touch with the show on twitter at locked on heat or by email where you can send us mailbag questions comments or sponsorship opportunities that's locked on heat at gmail.com and if you're not subscribed already, please do so to get the podcast automatically every day. And then tell a friend about us. Get somebody to try listening to our podcast. We'd appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got
1: it, Wes. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware,
0: folks.
1: It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99.